these are tough times. And um, sometimes it's difficult to know exactly what to do. Spencer, I'm going to throw you a curve. Uh, Isaiah 6, 1. I'm going to be extremely brief this morning. I'm going to take what I was going to preach and shelve it for a week. And I want to bring a passage of Scripture very briefly to you. Because I think in light of what Dory has done for us today, and I think probably today represents what you've had the opportunity to experience for a number of years, he has taken us to the throne of grace and reminded us that this life is about God. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that King Uzziah died... I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim and each had six wings. With two he covered his face and with two he covered his feet and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with uh, with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. I want to stop reading there for a moment. We'll pick it up there before too long, Spencer. Let me just make a couple of comments briefly about what we just read, and really about what we've been doing in here for about almost 40 minutes. Today's a good reminder that life hurts sometimes. What I was going to preach on was the second beatitude, which is Matthew 5, 4, which says, Blessed are congratulations to those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The fact is that when we come to times like this, we feel like part of us is being ripped away, because that's exactly what's happening. Uh, we, We fight the temptation to kind of withdraw in life. Tim, uh, relationships are such a fundamental part of who we are and the way God has put us together. That's God designed in us because we're created for a relationship with our creator. And by extension, his love for us causes us to be involved in in relationship with other people. The problem with that and the pain of that is that when those relationships suffer a break in them, then some of us seemingly dies. And we've been going through that as a church. And I've already tried to talk about that at length in one message. And that's why this one's going to be short. I, I was about halfway through the song service and I felt like the Lord said, you know, that's really not an appropriate message that you have ready. So thanks, Dory. You changed my message right into the last thing. <laughs> but when we come to Isaiah 6, it takes us back. And what took me to Isaiah 6 is I began to notice through the course of this particular song service that Dory in his last shot with you and me, was moving us beyond him to him. 
What a great reminder for us. On a day when it would be easy for us to be mad at God, on a day when it would be easy for us to be mad at them, actually, we're not mad at them, we're just mad at the church in Marble Falls, aren't we? <laughs> By the way, I'm going to tell you what I told Dory. Uh, you know, I left a church in Edinburgh a couple of months ago, and they're looking for a pastor down there now, so I think I'm going to give them the guy's name for Marble Falls and... Seems fair, doesn't it? Well, maybe I won't do that, but... uh, What Dory has done for us again today is to take us to the throne and to remind us. We we should not uh, let that slip away from us here. Last words are important. Uh, You know, I did a study one time of some of the famous people of history and the last words that they had to say. and You know, I, I've heard a lot of good ones, but the best last words that I ever heard, actually I didn't hear, I heard about it. It was in Edinburgh, and when I first went down there, there was a lady in our church who was well advanced in years and not doing all that well. And I went to see her one day, and, and uh, she was telling me a little bit of the history of the area, and she was telling me about her sister, who had died years before. And she said, you know, she was a hypochondriac. She just was always sick with something. And she said, but if you'll go out and look at her tombstone, you'll see what is a great statement. So she told me where it was, and the next time I was out in that cemetery, I went and found it. Sure enough, she was right. On that tombstone were these words, last words of this lady, I told you I was sick. (laughs) Classic. Last words, people, dying words of people, tend to reveal something of who they are. What Dory's done for us today, his last words pointed us to God. That's that's right. That you know, that's just right on lots of levels. We've appreciated, I have for just a few months, you have for a number of years, a ministry of this family, not just him, but his whole family, that has said to us, It's not about us, it's about him. In the year that King Uzziah died, let me just stop for a second and remind you of the social context of that. When a king died back in those days, I guess it's probably still true over in that part of the world, when a king died, the political landscape of that particular nation was up for grabs. It was a time of great turmoil. It was a a time of great uncertainty. Nobody really knew what would happen. Would some foreign force come in? Because everything internally was gone when the king died. Nothing was the same anymore. And so it was in that context, in a context of uncertainty, in a context of what's going to happen ahead of us, undoubtedly, Isaiah went before God saying, God, we need a sign We need some kind of clue that you're still involved with us. In the year that King Uzziah died, what does it say? I, hello, work with me, saw the Lord. Is it true for you like it seems to be for me? That the times that God seems most real to me are the times that I'm kind of at the end of my rope? 
There's something about being at a point of desperation, at a point of need, that opens us up to see more of God than we might normally see, that takes us to Him. And as a church, I believe that we're there. I mean, I've already sat in on some committee meetings, and we've looked at what happens starting tomorrow. We've already looked internally on how we're going to go starting tomorrow when Dory leaves. I've been jokingly saying when Elvis leaves the building... What he's reminded us of today with this worship service is what uh, Isaiah knew. And that is in the midst of the trial, you go to God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. When the political landscape, we might translate that into when the current landscape for us is uncertain, God still is on his throne. Nothing surprises God, as I said last Sunday night. It's a good thing to remember. Has it ever dawned on you that nothing ever dawns on God? He's always aware. He knows. And so tomorrow is still in his hands. In the year that Dory left, God's still on his throne. And he has a plan for them. He has a plan for us. High and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. I've done a lot of weddings through the years, probably hundreds, approaching a thousand maybe. Historically, what I found is when the price of the wedding goes up, the length of the bride's train gets longer. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's a status thing or just extra money to burn. I don't really know what it is, but that seems to be true for me. And in this particular case... Consider the picture that Isaiah gives to us. This is not just some God with a small g, some false God, some idol, sitting on a shelf in somebody's make-believe temple. This is a picture of the throne room of heaven and the God of the universe who spoke the worlds into order, sits on his throne, fully in command, and the majesty of him is beyond comprehension. And we looked to him, and above him stood the seraphim. What a picture. I like this picture because it gives us this kind of otherworldly kind of thing, and I could talk about it, I'm not going to take the time to do it. I want you to notice their words because we just got through singing those words a few moments ago, and those words come out of the only real appropriate response when you get a picture of God like we've done. He is holy, holy, holy. Three times repeated, which emphasizes it, it establishes it as undeniable fact. God is totally set apart. And yet he chooses to be involved with us. The same God who has said to this family, it's time for y'all to go minister in another place, also says to this family, I'm with you. And I appreciate the fact that Dory has taken us to that scene. Holy, holy, holy. I like this, verse 6. Something of a challenging picture. And then one of the seraphim flew at me. I want you to put yourself in that situation. Remember what I said last Sunday night? It's a good put yourself in situation, help you get the full picture of the Bible study. Uh, put yourself in Isaiah's place, and you have this scene unfolding before you, and these 
weird-looking creatures are flying around, and all of a sudden, what happens? Verse 6. He starts coming at you. That's worse than one of those laser-guided missile things. This is a serious deal. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, coming at me. What, what happens now in this next couple of verses is God pulls Isaiah into the picture. He's no longer just a casual observer. He is intimately involved in what's happening. And so it is for us today. There is a place for us and a word for us. And God says, you can sing about me all day long, but I want you to be involved with me. And we're back to relationship. So I don't know where you are today, but I do know that God has said to us in no uncertain terms, I have a plan for you. I'm involved with you. It's possible that some of you came in here today. You don't know Dory and Amy from Adam and Eve. And if you saw them on the street later today, you wouldn't know who they were, except you, maybe you'd recognize you see them in church. Maybe it's the first time ever. Maybe not. But you walked in and you had your own set of issues. And I'd say to you, just like I say to us as a church, God knows. God's involved. The same God that Isaiah sees that we've been singing to, singing about all service long, that same God says to you, I want to be involved in your life. And I'll take you through these days ahead. Now we're to verse 6. That verse 6. Where did I leave? Verse 8. And here's how God pulls him in. And, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, or here am I, send me. And he said, go. And I'm going to stop reading there because I want to bring this point home and I'm done. It would be a tragedy if any of us or we collectively took this whole thing today as Dory's last service with us and sat down and said, well, that was great while it lasted. That would not honor this man's ministry and his wife's ministry here at all. Because, see, it hasn't been about them. It's been about a risen Savior named Jesus Christ. The same God that Isaiah served, these two have served. And they have said to us in no uncertain terms today, and for however long they've been here, we all are created for relationship with him. And we serve him. And we've had the privilege for seven years. Some of you have. And me for, I don't know, a little over seven weeks, I guess, more than that. The opportunity to serve alongside them, but we serve the same God. And they're going to go to a different place and serve, and they're going to take the same gifts and same abilities with them to that church, and that church is going to be blessed beyond their comprehension today. And we take what they've taught us, and we worship, and we serve, right? That's right. Let's pray. Just with your heads bowed and eyes closed, it's been a, an extremely unconventional approach to the preaching part of the service. But I couldn't in good conscience let go what 
Dory had helped us do during the song service today. Your life, when you boil all of the other stuff away from it, your life ultimately is about relationship. And you're created so that you could have a relationship with a holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The only way you can have that relationship with Him is by accepting the gift that is His Son, Jesus Christ. Every one of us brings a load of problems in with us. Ultimately, that's called sin. And that sin that we carry separates us from a holy God. And that same holy God that Isaiah spoke of is speaking to you right now, saying, I created you for a relationship with me. And so I would invite you, if you have never experienced the salvation, the new life that God makes available to you, I invite you right now to choose life. It's available only through Jesus Christ. And through the ages, he screams out silently to you, you need me. Would you respond to that call? life outside of him he died for you because he loves you so much he wants to have a relationship with you I know that you probably have 10,000 questions about what that means but the first step is to say I want that I need that if that's you I'd invite you in just a moment when we all stand and just slip out and come forward we'll talk with you and try to answer questions for you introduce you to the risen Savior named Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the very one of whom Isaiah spoke. Built for relationship. We've been pointed that way through song for a long time. How will you respond? fact is, probably many of us, whether or not today, but at times, we slip into a uh, kind of a real mechanical kind of worship. We sing about God, but there's no real heart connection because somewhere along the way we've kind of reduced God to something that we can manage. Be sure you get Isaiah's picture. Beyond expression, beyond measure, God. So if you've kind of wandered from that, today's worship service has reminded you that that same God who is beyond measure has a claim on your life. Once you get it straight today, come back to the heart of worship. So Father, we come with hearts that do war within us. we desperately want to hold to that which is familiar to us and these who are dear to us we also understand that your ways are not our ways 
your thoughts are beyond our thoughts and you always have a plan for all of humanity not just us it causes us trouble and yet the picture that we have of you in scripture and in song today and that that we know is true we know that the best we can do is to acknowledge that you're God and that your plan is unfolding and we seek to accept it. Father, I know people here today live in life as if you're not even there. They have the scars and the blood to show them. Even now, Father, do your best work in them. Where there needs to be healing, we pray that you would make it so. Where hearts are hurting, we pray that you would solve, salve those things. Father, where hearts are broken because there's no relationship with you, we pray that you would do your very best and bring them to salvation in Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his name, for his glory.